Hello, beloved. This is Pastor Steve Castle. I'm so honored that you've chosen to listen to us today. If there's any additional information that you need, please visit our website at www.belovedchurchillinois.com. We thank you that you are continuing to give God an opportunity to minister to your hearts. He has amazing, wonderful plans for your life. We would love to join you on the journey of you finding out the depths of the relationship that you could have with Him. You were created in His image for a beautiful purpose, and He wants to show you that purpose. We continue to believe God with you and for you to accomplish that goal. If you're in the area, please stop by. Remember, at Beloved Church, this is the place where you are greatly loved. God bless you. Talk to you soon. Have zero condemnation, have zero guilt, have zero shame for any other person or any other ministry that made a decision contrary to the one that we made. I don't think that we're any better. I don't think that we're any more righter. I have to live in the place that my belief system requires me to live. I have to have my conscience clear before God. And my God says, praise God, that we will be a shelter for His people. That this house will be a house of prayer. That we will lay hands on sick people. That we will be a family. That we will gather and we will forsake not the gathering. We will release into each other the needs that they have for their bodies, for their souls. And this is the way that we choose to do it. I am completely at peace with how we're doing it, and I'm also at peace with how others are doing it. No one in this room has a right to take a position that's contrary to someone else's heart and conscience. You are not anyone's judge, and it is not your job to tell another servant of our Father that they're doing right or wrong. This is what we chose. If there's consequences to it, I'm ready to receive that. But I also know that there is great value and blessing to this as well. There are people in our world, there are people in this building that need to be ministered to from the Most High God. And as long as I've got breath in my lungs, and as long as I have the ability, that door will never be locked for the people that need to have a touch of the love, the goodness, and the grace of God. Now, there might be a way this government can shut me up, but it won't be for long. Because I'm learning how to translate, relocate. I'm learning how to turn into, <laughs> I'm learning how to turn into the glory of God, phase through walls, and do all kinds of fun stuff. So, in the way that Peter was released by an angel, if God's got to come and rescue me with an angel, that's low. But I'm okay with that. Because at some point, I'm going to just go ahead and walk through walls like my Savior, my big brother did. Walked into a locked room and he said, fear not! Amen. 
the uh, walls of this world cannot hold me. Someone said this morning, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Which leads me to kind of what I want to talk about. There, I'm going to try to help us live in two kingdoms. The, the message today is Corona Lie, number two. If you were here last week, we did Corona Lie, number one. Due to the fact that the lie is persistent, I'm going to be really persistent. The subtitle, you know what's really cool? Like, I never used to have titles for my messages. They would come to me and like, hey, what do you want to call that? And I'm like, uh, it'll be the name thereof that you call it. Like I used the Genesis scripture where the father said, whatever you call it, Adam, that's the name thereof. And so they'd come to me like, what's it called? I'm like, whatever you name it, that's the name thereof. Um, but today, we have two titles. I have Corona Lie number two. And then the subtitle, <laughs> and this is not in any kind of mockery. So don't laugh. You just say laughing around here and below. It's like, <laughs> Uh, the subtitle is called Shelter in Place. I just said not to laugh. Shelter in Place. I know what you, my, literally, I am not making fun of the government. The government has commanded us to shelter in place as of 5 p.m. last night. And let me say this. I, Steve Castle, live in the finished work of the cross. I am seated in heavenly places inside of Christ Jesus. That is really, really where I live. That's not some ethereal realm. That's not some make-believe. That's not some tooth fairy, Peter Pan, pixie dust. That's not some sweet by and by. That is actual. Jesus said the same thing. He who's from above is above all. <laughs> he said, the sun that came down, you know, a lot of people look at that like, well, that was the seed that came down. For it. No, Jesus went back and forth. Anybody remember Jacob's ladder? What was going on on Jacob's ladder? They were ascending and descending, ascending and descending. Um, Jacob's ladder is what you and I live in in a constant way. We should be ascending and descending. We go to our Father, find out what needs to be done. We come down here and get her done. Amen. We go to our Father, we worship, we praise. He, he radiates us with glory and love and goodness. We come down here and, and radiate on other people. We are the most, as, as Pastor Bob says all the time, you are the scariest thing in the room to every demon, demon devil, and, and Satan himself. You're the scariest thing in the room. When you walk into a room, they wet themselves. There's a spiritual wetness that takes place in every demon when you walk into the room. Because you carry the power, the authority, and the glory of God. So I am sheltering in place. This is my temple. This is my shelter. Who will I be afraid of? What do I fear? <laughs> Obviously, based upon the fact that you're here, those of you that are physically here, um, all of you anonymous people, which is one, two, maybe three people, 
you must kind of feel the same way. That maybe what's going on out there is not more real than what's actually going on in here. It's not some cool Christian poem that Christ Jesus lives in me and I am in him at the same time, concurrently. It's, it's just simple quantum physics that you can be in two places at one time. It's, never mind. It's really true. It's not some make-believe spirit thing. And by the way, if there was a make-believe between the spirit world and the natural world, guess which one would actually lose the drawing of the straws as to which one's more real? You can manifest anything you want as Jesus Christ is right now. You can have anything that he is or does right now. Not as Jesus was on earth. The average Christian believes that if they could just ascend to the place of the Syrophoenician woman who had faith for her daughter to be healed, that would be a great day. The average Christian believes that if they could just ascend to the faith of the centurion, that they would actually have a good day. That is ignorant. Can you all, that's how I can prove that really nobody's here. Did you hear how quiet it was? Like, hey, Facebook, nobody's really here. Did you hear how quiet it was right there? The reason that is ignorant is because in the Gospels, the only one that has the identity that you should be looking at is Jesus Christ. Amen. For you to think that you can ascend to the faith of the Syrophoenician woman slaps him and what he did on the cross in the face. For you to think that you're going to be like an ungodly, ungodly centurion who was persecuting God's people. A centurion, y'all. For you to think that you just need to get to that kind of faith is ignorant. And it shows us why the church is in the state that she is. That is not who you should be identifying with when you read the Gospels. When you read the Gospels, there's only one person in all of the Gospels that was born from above, that was the son of his father. And that is the only person that you have the right to identify with. And we need to stop this limp-wristed, weak-kneed, yellow-bellied type Christianity. We need to start taking control of our world because right now there is a world that is hurting, that is hopeless, that is lost, that is sick, that is desperate, and that is sheltering in the only place that they have, which is their basements and their closet. And all creation is groaning and travailing, waiting for the sons of God, the fully manifest sons of God, to step out of the shadows and to step out of their weakness and to let Him be strong in who they are. That is who you're called to be. And just to singularly identify with Jesus in the Gospels is only half of what you're supposed to do. 1 John 4.17 says that as He is, 
So are we. Does anybody know how he is? It's. Not what's. It's. If you don't know, read Revelation 1. Eyes like fire. A golden girdle of righteousness and truth. Feet of bronze to stomp demons, devils, scorpions, and anything else that comes against him. Sharp, piercing, two-edged sword of flames coming out of his mouth. As he is, so are you. In this world, and it's time for us to embrace that, I am that now, and I am this now. I am son of my Father. I am son of God. I'm not the Son of God. I'm Son of God. I'm not the Son that saved everyone. I'm the Son that gets to ride on the coattails of my big brother that done kicked everybody's butt so I get to talk smack. I'm that. Right now. But I get to be exactly like my big brother. I live in the kingdom of heaven. Can you see? And I'm also Steve Castle. Elected official. Some of you voted for me a couple weeks ago. Pastor of Beloved Church. uh, Community leader. All around general. Well, dependent on your opinion. Good guy or terrible person. Husband, father, brother. American. Love my country. I am both of these at the same time. So are you. Now, to the degree that you believe this. See, this might be where you live. This might be what your whole world is made of. What you can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel. What the news tells you is real. You poor, poor, poor sucker. Or this can be the dominant trait of who you are and you're just visiting. You choose. Behold, I place before you this day life and death, blessings and curses. You choose. Father says whatever you name it, that's the name of it. Father says whatever you believe, that's what you can have. I pray that you choose the dominant kingdom for the benefit of the remainder of your earthly visitation. <clears throat> I want to, uh, to settle some fears. I started off by naming this Corona lie, and here's why. I'm, probably gonna, I'm going to give you some legitimate stats. Actual, real, worldly non-kingdom-filtered, non-molested-by-me, because people have always accused me of some terrible things. Praise God. It's energizing. Um, I'm, I'm going to read it right from the news article. Okay? Everybody's okay with 
news. This is actual news because it's just going to be stats. They're not going to try to interpret it or anything like that. This comes from WND. This was uh, as of Friday. Uh, while coronavirus cases have increased in the past two weeks, the mortality rate has declined. Pointed out veteran news host uh, analyst Britt Hume. He retweeted a day-by-day list of the number of cases reported compared to the number of deaths. It showed a drop in the mortality rate from 4.06 on March 8th to 1.84 on March 15th. Are you all following what's going on? How is How in the world did the death rate just magically diminish? As of uh, March 8th, 4.06. March 9th, 3.69. March 10th, 3.01. March 11th, 2.95. March 12th, 2.52. March 13th, 2.27. March 14th, 1.93. March 15th, 1.84. You know, if we do the math, and this thing keeps going, basically the death rate at some point is going to be zero. That's their numbers. I didn't even make it up. I know some people are going to accuse me of it. I read it. You are being lied to and manipulated by this world. The enemy would love for you to believe that A, you're going to get it. And B, when you get it, you die. They would love for you to believe that. And here's the thing. And this is why the enemy is doing that. If you believe that, What is likely to happen to you? This is a dramatic pause. Bill Johnson's way better at this than I am. You can have whatever it is you believe. If you believe that you're destined to get the virus, the big V virus that is obviously way stronger than the big C Christ, then you'll get it. And if you believe that I just gave you a bunch of Farsi numbers, and you really believe that like 99% of people that get the viruses, then I pray that you have my cell phone number. Because I'll bring Dennis and Bob, and we'll come over, and we'll anoint your sorry butt with oil, and we will raise you up because we have a prayer of faith, and the Bible declares that our prayer of faith saves, saves the sick. So if you get sick, which I don't honestly believe that any person concurrently in this <clears throat> building has the ability to get sick. Even if you believe it, I'm actually right now releasing the life, the health, and the glory of God over you and onto you. And you might not feel it. You might feel it. I feel it. And it's saturating you right now. Your cells are drinking it in like Superman drinks the sun. Feels kind of cool. Anyway, I don't think you can get it. That's just my opinion. I know. I might be one of those crazy, radical completely wheels off, don't even live in this world, 
<laughs> Some of the things that people have called me over the last couple of weeks, it's like, oh, that's like the worst, best thing I've ever been called. <laughs> that's the best insult honor that I've ever had. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. I'm going to have to be very diligent about staying on track. Some of these verses I've meditated on for hundreds or thousands of hours, and so I could preach for equal amounts of time. And so if you, if you see me wandering, well, don't say anything, because I don't want anybody to hear your voice on Facebook, but like, give me that look, like the stop wandering look. If, if, you, if you give me a look where you say, like, Stephen Glenn, because... Only my wife and my mother call me Stephen Glenn, so if you look at me like Stephen Glenn, then, I, then I'll get back on track. Right before this, Peter declares that because of who we are, our identity in Christ, we have the exact same faith that God has. Um, okay, I'm going to get off track just real quick. <laughs> Don't give me the look. Okay, you know, Jesus told the the parable about the mustard seed that can move a mountain. You know, that was a parable. Okay? That's not... Parables are not doctrine. Parables illustrate truth. Okay? Uh, uh, we need to, need to make sure we get that. You don't have a grain of mustard seed. What Jesus was saying is, if all you had was faith like a mustard seed, you could move a mountain. You don't have that faith. It says in like six or eight different, Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not the faith in the Son of God, the faith of the Son of God. I have God's faith. Okay, God doesn't have mustard seed faith. God doesn't have to, like, grunt to move a mountain. Like, oh, I'm really going to be in faith. You know, he made mountains. Like, not even really thinking about it. Like, he just issued a sentence, and mountains and land, and all these things happened by the faith of God. So Jesus is saying, if all you do is use, like, one little tiny itsy bitsy teeny weeny part of the faith that you actually have, you can move a mountain. You know, we sing songs sometimes like, I believe in you, Jesus. Jesus, you can do anything. Jesus, there's nothing that's impossible for you. Jesus can move the mountain. Well, whoop-de-doo. But who doesn't believe that? You could probably walk up to the average believer on the street. You believe God can move mountains? Of course God can move mountains. If there's a God, He can move a mountain. You're not actually believing anything. Believing that Jesus can move a mountain doesn't actually have anything to do with the relativity of your life. In John chapter 15, verse 4, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And most Christians stop there. You know that you're not without Him, right? Is that shocking to anyone? You're not without Him. When you were without Him, oh, you poor slob. I mean, it was hell and damnation and hopelessness and, and pain and misery and addiction and the world's kicking your tailbone all over the place. The devil's your father. And 
And then you were born from above. And God became your father. You rule over the universe. He gives you his faith. He gives you his inheritance. He gives you his health. He gives you his life. He gives you his wealth. That's why Philippians 4.19 says that we are supposed to have wealth in accordance to the abundance of his grace. Not wealth in accordance to the way you can do math or percentages or folding. We are supposed to be blessed abundantly financially according to the abundance of his grace. You realize, like, grace... Okay. So we have been given that faith. That's the faith that you have. So stop it with the... If I could just get a mustard seed. It is insulting to God who gifted you his faith. And then in verse 3, Peter goes on and says, according, which that's why I had to start because this sentence starts with according. So it talks about we have his faith. So accordingly, in, in, in conjunction, accordingly, as his divine power has given unto us all things, his divine power has. That's past tense. For all of you that have been out of high school a long, long time, that means it's already happened. He has given us all things. Does anybody know what all means in Greek? All things. Stuff. Usable. Not like some magical, unicorny, pegasus stuff. Like, Ooh, if I just had... That. No. All things, real stuff, has given us all things that pertain to just living in heaven in the sweet by and by. No. All things that pertain to life and godliness. Man, we done worked over the projector. I I know. Everybody brought their Bible, right? I don't have According to the divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. You know what godliness means? God likeness. You have been given everything you need to be God likeness. This is one of the things that I've been insulted with this week. Well, you just think you're like, you're like, you have this Christ complex. You think you're like Jesus. You think you're like Christ. You think you're like a Savior. I was like, huh, someone noticed. It's too bad the world, unsaved person noticed. I don't want the Christians to notice. Yes, I am doing everything I can by resting in who I am. To be like God. I do have a Christ complex. Not only do I have a Christ complex, I have a Christ mentality. I have the mind of Christ. I have the seat in Christ. I sit on Christ's throne with Him. We work this universe together. He even asks me about stuff sometimes. You know, we talk. I know. Silly. All the other world. They just pray like, like, Hey God! Uh, help! 
And then, you know, he doesn't answer. Because that's not the kind of guy. He doesn't actually talk. He just sits up there with a mean look on his face, wondering why you're throwing stuff at him. All things that pertain to life and godliness through. Here's the application for y'all. Through the knowledge of Him. If you don't know He's a good God, if you don't know He's a loving God, if you don't know that He actually finished the cross, and I know you think that's silly, but you realize there's an entire massive denomination with like three billion people in it that believe that basically Jesus is still on the cross. They have a crucifix with Jesus on it. Forever frozen in time in death. If you have a crucifix at your house, I... He's not crucified now. He was crucified. Now, he lives forever and ever. He is fully alive. If you think your Savior is hanging on a cross, that's why you have no power. Because that was mid-process of him finishing the cross. It's undone yet. Through the knowledge of Him, to the degree that you know Him, to the degree that you know His character, this is why we were given the great commission of going and baptizing people in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Name in the Bible means nature, authority, essence, and character. Name, authority, essence, and character. It also usually refers to honor. That's what name means. It's not like you say, Steve, and I turn my head. That's our version of name. I'm going to name someone after the Star Wars movie. Well, okay, whatever. God bless you. Grow up. Sorry, I repent. If you're out there and your name's Luke, it probably wasn't <laughs> that. It was, it was, you were named after the Bible. The Luke in the Bible, not that guy. If we understood, this is why it irritates me when people give these goofy names to their kids because now you're teaching your kid that name doesn't matter. It's just my favorite character in a movie. It's just, you know, I mean, this this is the name that I grew up and I liked it. You know, when I was five, when I was a little girl and I used to hold baby dolls, this is what I called my baby doll. You are literally telling your children that their name means nothing. So then when the Bible talks about names, it doesn't mean anything. But to God, it means everything because the name of Jesus is above every name. So when I say Jesus, you know, coronavirus goes, when I say Jesus, cancer goes, because the entities, the spiritual entities, the saints in heaven, all of these things understand name, nature, character, essence, authority, and honor. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's not talking about just the name, J-E-S-U-S. It's talking about the nature, the honor, the authority, the integrity, the power, the character. That's what's going to make every name bow. It's not going to be because you write Jesus, get a Jesus tattoo and all the demons are going, oh, he's got a tattoo of Jesus. It's not the name name. It's the name biblical. 
So when we're supposed to baptize people in the name, that means we baptize in the essence, the character, the honor, and the authority of the Father. The essence, the character, the honor, and the authority of the Son. The essence, the character, the honor, and the authority of the Spirit. You are literally saturated with the character, the honor, the essence, and the authority of the Trinity. Of the Trinity! That's what it means. To, it doesn't mean to dunk them in a stinking tub and make them wet. What in the You think some demon is going to shudder because you came out wet? Are you for real? It's talking about the nature of God. I am saturating every cell of your being with my Father's character. When you walk out of that baptism, it is... Man, what happened to that guy? Well, I can tell you one thing. It isn't because he got wet. This is the baptism we're supposed to be giving to our world. Go into all your world and baptize them in this because now there's something that you have besides wet. Who has called us to glory and virtue. This is your calling, beloved. Which means that if you are not shooting for the destination of fully glorified and the perfect virtue of God, then you're missing your calling. Well, God's not going to share His glory with anybody. You're right. No human being is going to have His glory. That's why He had to make you a son of God. He will not share it with any human being. There will be no glorified flesh ever. But there's going to be glorified sons of God. Has anybody ever heard of one? Jesus. You're supposed to be like Him. Glorified. Virtue? What kind of virtue? Well, grace empowers me to just go out there and live any way I want. You know, since God has forgiven every sin and I, and sin is not a big deal with God, I'm just going to go find all the sin I can. No, you're not a son of God. A son of God wants to be like his father. His father is virtuous. His father is pure. His father doesn't sleep around because he can. You know, God can. I don't quite know how to picture that. But God can do anything He wants. He lives in accordance with the desires of His heart. He desires to be pure. He desires to love you in jealousy and not share you with anyone. He desires to be virtuous. And He desires His children to be virtuous. 1 John 3 3 says that anybody that has the hope of the kingdom of heaven in them, they will purify themselves the same way that He is pure your purity is going to be congruent with what you believe your knowledge of Him is. You know, this right here, let, let me help you. If you're out there and you're dealing, if you're out there and you're dealing with any kind of addiction, if you're dealing with anything, this right here will smoke your addiction forever. You are not an addict. You are not an addict. You've been told you're an addict. You have behaviors like addicts. You are not an addict. You have been set free as a son of God. The son of God is not an addict. The only thing you're addicted to is passion with your father. You're addicted to the love of God. If you get this in your identity, 
you will never have another problem with any addiction that you have ever again. You're not an addict. You're not an addict. You're free. According as he's, or in the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Whereby, so now that we know that, the next part of this, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. And I, I used to read this like they're exceeding great and precious. No. There's exceeding great promises, and then there's precious promises. And you need to activate both of them in our lives. And I'm going to get there in a second. Hang with me. Exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be sharers. The word partake means to share. It actually is the root word for kononia. Do you know what we're doing right now today? Kononia. Do you know why I'm having physical church today? Kononia. It means social intimacy. You cannot be socially intimate on Facebook. Okay, I'm not trying to offend anybody. Okay, I'm just saying, I cannot be socially intimate over the World Wide Web. It's creepy. Um, What we're doing in here is really important. I'm not doing this, again, to be rebellious or something. I'm doing this because this is mandated by God because there is actually an impartation that takes by physically coming into contact with each other. If you don't believe me, then you need to go ahead and disown your children. How did your children get here? By social intimacy over Facebook? No. If you need me to explain this, it's going to get awkward. That by these... You might be partakers, kononia, of the divine nature. God literally wants to touch you. He wants to touch you with His essence, with His love, with His health, with His wealth, with His ability, with His peace. He wants to literally touch you with these things. These aren't just feelings. These aren't just emotions. These aren't just like... So, something that's not, he literally wants, these are actual forces that he wants to impart to you by touch. Why do you think he chose to, you know, he can live anywhere. He doesn't have to live in you. You know, if I'm God, I'm living in like Hawaii or something. But the Father chose to live in you. I, I know some of you. <laughs> I'm happy at you once a week. He lives there. He's obviously way more gracious than me. He, he wants to, he chose to. You know, he could leave. He's, he's God. Anybody? Okay. He has chosen as an act of his will, as an act of his love, to move inside of you so that he could touch you forever. Now, please tell me about the strength of the coronavirus. God is touching you as I speak. Right now, the Lord Jesus Christ has his hands all over your temple. Nail-pierced hands that purchased health. Nail-pierced hands that purchased forgiveness. 
nail-pierced hands that purchased your identity in the divine nature. And he's touching you right now. Right now. And you can't get away from him. Because anywhere you go, he goes. He's there all the time. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. There's a a lust battle that takes place on the inside of you. The flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit lusts against the flesh. Galatians 5.17 Your spirit lusts for the things of heaven. And your flesh lusts for the things of this world. And your flesh is a liar. Because nothing on this world ever satisfies. Only the things from heaven bring satisfaction. The word, um, the word corruption comes from the word destruction from internal corruption. Destruction from internal corruption. So you've escaped any destruction from the inside. You know the only way to destroy God is from the inside. No one can beat him from the outside. It's one of those things that I, I know how ignorant, how stupid the devil is because he went like full frontal attack to God. Like, what kind of idiot attacks God? Well, he had one third of the angels. Okay, now he's stupider. The devil, created by God, with one third of the angels, created by God, attacks God with two thirds of the angels. You have given the devil way too much credit. He's stupid. Stupid. Now, you want me to irritate you more? Hopefully that doesn't irritate you, but it might. Let me irritate you more. A stupid, ignorant, foolish devil tricks you. That should get you mad. I kind of hope I made you mad. So that when he comes to trick you, you're like, no, I'm not going to be ignorant like you. Ignorant. When he comes and says, well, you might get the coronavirus. Ha! <laughs> you are ignorant. How can God get the coronavirus? Wherefore, verse 10. Verse 10, I'm skipping. Wherefore, the rather brethren, that's you, brothers, give diligence to make your calling and your election sure. For if you do these things, you shall... Never? Man, who's allowed to use the word never? That's a God word. You can't use that word. If you say never, you're a liar. Stop saying never. Unless you're repeating God. Because you don't know what never is. Because you never ever, and you never will ever be. God is. And so it's a God word. The only way to say it is out of a divine mouth. So, God who actually knows what never means, says, you will never fail. What? Because you've made your calling and your election sure. You've chosen to be sure, to be solid in your calling and your election. The word election means selection. So God selected me? You are sitting here? Are you breathing air? God selected you. Are you born? 
God selected you. Oh, pastor, many are called, but few are chosen. Okay, go look it up. This is some of that ignorant stuff that religion tries to tell you, not you, not yet. It, if you go and look that up, that many are called, few are chosen, it means many are called. And of all the many that are called, only a few of them answer the call. It doesn't mean like God says, well, I'm going to call everybody and then say, oh, psych, sorry, I'm not going to say your name. Sorry, you, you, you don't get to go. You, I was tricking you with the whole call thing, and then you showed up like, no, sorry, locked the door, ha, ha, ha. But what kind of an evil God would that be? Many are called, few answer the call. Praise God, I'm standing in a room filled with a bunch of people that answered the call. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fail. In the Greek, it says, never, not shall you stumble. Never, not shall you stumble, trip, error, sin at any time. Never shall you not. Like, it's a double negative. It's like God's, like, putting punctuation on it. Like, by the way, like, never, not, ever, not. God doesn't talk that way. I'm just trying to accentuate it the way that God's accentuating it. Never shall you not. Stumble, trip, error, sin at any time. Verse 11 says, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom. Shelter! Shelter! You are supposed to shelter in place. You've been directed by your governor, and now I'm showing you that you've been directed by your father. Shelter in place. This is the place. This is the shelter. Under the shadow of the Almighty. He who keeps himself there is sheltered by the Father. You need the shelter in place. Not because the government says so, but because your Father says so. Your Father says, make this your shelter. Do not leave the reality of your kingdom position seated in Christ. Raised on high. Having His identity, honor, authority, essence, and character. Stay there. Stay sheltered in place. When they lift the shelter in place man that is contrary to our Constitution, and I'll get there in a second, when they lift it, don't listen. Stay sheltered in place. Since you made a decision today to come here and shelter in this place, go ahead and receive the words that the Father's releasing into you to shelter in this place. To stay in the shadow of the Almighty under the wings of a God that loves you greatly. Shelter in this place. Don't leave. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Isaiah 26.3 Peace is a derivative of your mind being stayed on the Prince of Peace. If you don't have peace in this place, if you don't have peace out there, if you don't have peace out there, it's because your mind is not stayed. Oh, brother, you just condemned me. No, I'm trying to help you. If you're not experiencing health, it's because you just don't believe you're seated in health. His name is Christ. He's the great physician. He healed all of mankind. You're seated in health. You don't need to be healed, beloved. You're seated in health. That's like a person sitting in Lake Michigan, 
saying that if they could just have a drink. You're seated in the drink. Drink! It's like when people sometimes like, pray for me that I'll experience the love of God like you've experienced. I, I can't pray that prayer. It, the Word's already made it clear that He has given you the right to have an experience. In that while we were yet a sinner, Christ died for us. That was the expression of His love. He died for you when nobody cared about you. You were worthless to the world. And God died for you. What kind of value do you have to Him? Obviously what the world don't see. You need to understand that. I don't need to pray for you to get a tingle. You need to receive what He has. It's like when people say, sing songs about their desperation. Don't you dare ever come up to me and say you're desperate for God or you're desperate for something. I will rebuke you. Desperate means hopeless. It means violently hopeless. That's what desperate means. I'm just desperate for God. That's ignorant. You're not desperate for God. If you're born again, you have God. If you're desperate for what you have, you just need some mental health. You're not desperate for God. You might be completely dependent on God. Like if you came up to me and said, I'm desperate for air. Um, Breathe! You're not desperate for air. You're dependent on air. You might come up to me and say, I'm, I'm super dependent on God. Okay, great. I don't have to pray for you. You're dependent on God. That's a great place to be. You should be fully dependent on Him. But you are not desperate for Him. Desperate means you ain't got Him. Dependent means you got Him. The human coronavirus has a, are, the human coronaviruses are a large family of viruses that can cause a variety of illnesses ranging from the common cold to severe illnesses. I will bet that maybe 1% of you knew that the common cold is an actual coronavirus. Um, anybody remember MERS and SARS, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, and SARS? Um, like Saudi Arabia, Respiratory, whatever, all these names that they have for all these terrible, you know, they're all just part of the Corona family. Like Corona Light, Corona with Lyme, Corona. They're just part of the family. Everybody most likely in this room has had the coronavirus. If you've had a common cold, you've had the coronavirus. It's a different strain. I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem. But what I'm saying is, you're scared of something that you've already defeated. Everybody in this room, well, statistically, it says almost everyone gets a coronavirus infection at least once in their lifetime, most likely as a young child. In the United States, coronaviruses are more common in the fall and the winter. But anyone can come down with a coronavirus infection at any time. If you've had a cold, you've had a coronavirus. If you've had a cold and then you got over a cold, that means at some point in your life you actually defeated a coronavirus. Why does this have to be any different? Anybody? Why does this have to be different? Well, because this is COVID-19. And? And? Well, it's stronger. 
then who? Now, if you're not a Christian, hide in shelter. <laughs> Get in your closet. Uh, pray. Well, you can't pray. Hope. Take, like, hide in a bath of disinfectant. Wash your hands every 57 seconds. Keep a hat suit on. And touch everything with rubber gloves. And throw them away because... That dentist just told me that the actual virus lives longer on rubber gloves than it lives on, your, on anything else. And you're trusting the world to tell you how to handle this. You are funny. Uh, let me just throw this out there. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but right now, the First Amendment has been demolished, which is one of the reasons I'm here. Um, I'm not okay. I'm not that guy that's like okay with just giving up the First Amendment rights because the founders of our Constitution, are not, and I'll show you in a second, said that it's not actually a right that's granted to you by the government. It's actually an inalienable right that is granted by the Creator. So when they try to take that away, what the government is saying is that they are greater gods than God. Here's the other thing, too. We're in an election cycle. And I'm just thinking. I'm just going to talk out loud here for a second. We're in an election cycle. And the states that are doing the most economic damage are New York, California, and Illinois. And it just so happens that they are the most liberal states in the Union. I'm just... Just talking... Yeah, anyway, I'll get back to all the pre- The Declaration of Independence. We declared this as a nation. This is part of your declaration. As a person in this kingdom. This is your declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Self-evident. That all men are created equal. Praise God. That they are, man, this wrecks me. That they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Let me real quick ask you do you truly have freedom if someone can take it away? Are you truly free? If someone, if a portly fellow, can stand in front of a microphone and say, you are no longer free. Were you free five seconds before that? If an utterance of a voice by a billionaire says that your freedom no longer exists, were you truly ever free? That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. 
that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government. Government? New government. I have a constitutional right to listen to my father. To institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and their happiness. Welcome to your Declaration of Independence because you chose to be here in congruence with what you believe to be your safety and your happiness and you're protected by the Declaration of Independence. Way to go, beloved. So the Declaration of Independence of a bunch of people that rose up against forces that were trying to steal their life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and they got together and they formed a union, and that union decided to establish a constitution. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, Promote the general welfare. That would be health. Stripes of Jesus. Promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. You are doing what you need to do so that your children can say, Grandpa, tell me about what happened in 2020 at Beloved Church. Let me tell you what we did. We heard about a lie about a virus that was trying to steal life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and we gathered together and we proclaim and declared that the freedom that was from our God was inalienable, and that virus was an alien. And we destroyed it. That's what we did, Sonny. Thanks for telling me, Grandpa. I think I'm going to stand against the forces of evil working against my world. You go get them, bucko. Promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of our liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States. And then after they did that, that double iterated the Bill of the... Declaration of Independence. Then they came along with a third statement just to make sure nobody could be confused. And this is called the Bill of Rights. And this is the first thing that they put in the Bill of Rights. This would be Amendment 1. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. (laughs) You know what you're doing today? You are exercising the practice of your spiritual freedom. Way to go, beloved. You're living the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Or of the press. They're barely existent. Or the right of the people to peaceably assemble. We're assembled in the name of the Prince of Peace. 
Deuteronomy chapter 7 says, Wherefore it shall come to pass that you hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord your God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swore unto your fathers. God will keep this. He'll keep it. He'll keep you in the covenant. He'll keep you in the mercy that he's promised to your big brother. Verse 13 And He, the Father, will love you and bless you and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your womb. (laughs) Some of you all need to start having some wombie fruits. And the fruit of your land, that's wealth. I know, prosperity, how dare us talk about that. Um, Of thy land, of thy corn, that's food. Uh, I have to say that. There's actually like a whole generation that thinks that like corn comes from a grocery store. (laughs) It's... Actual food from the ground. And your wine, God's not a Pentecostal. <laughs> and, and your oil, oil obviously talks about the anointing of God. He's blessing the anointing that's on your life so you can drip all over some people. Some of y'all need to get out there and get to dripping. Drying up, getting all squeaky like sucking lemons. That's not who we're called to be. The increase of your kind, that kind is a cow. You can have a cow, according to the Bible. And the flocks of your sheep, and the land which he swore to your fathers to give you, thou shalt be blessed above people. Anybody know anybody that's more blessed than you? If you do, you need to step up your game. Because according to the great and precious promises, you're supposed to be blessed above them. So if you know someone that's blessed above you, you better get to step in and get up. You're supposed to be blessed above them. It's not a competition, but it is. (laughs) I'm going to beat Dennis in wealth. He thinks he's got a good start on me. But we we ain't tallied it up yet. Amen. I don't even know how to count to a billion, but. <laughs> and there shall, there shall not be male or female barren among you. Male or female. Barren among you. Everybody's womb is blessed. And the Lord will take away from thee some of the bad things that are going on Oh, did I misread it? And the Lord will take away from the... Ah, it says all. Well, that's not true, Pastor. I know, because the media said it's not. And the Lord shall take away from you... Does anybody know what all means in the Hebrew? Is coronavirus a sickness? Is it allowed in you? You are a bunch of crazies. Now I said this to say real quick. I'm like this close to being done. I said this real quick. I said this to real quick say this. These great and precious promises 
that I just read of you. And, and we can go find a million. I wanted to read Psalm 91. I obviously don't have the time because somebody messed up the clock and made it go faster. It's not because I was distracted. Uh, I wanted to read Psalm 91. It, you need to read Psalm 91 today. Who, 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 who didn't hear me? Who, who needs to repeat? You need to read. I'll just repeat it. So please listen. You read Psalm 91 today. That's okay. And you take communion today. When you take communion, you take of the heavenly substance of the body of Christ and of the heavenly substance of the blood of Christ, and you put those heavenly substances into your earthly substance, and then your earthly substance manifests the heaven substance. That's why you take communion. And read Psalm 91, because in Psalm 91 there's great and precious promises. I said all this to, to say that we need to take these great and precious promises and we need to understand that they were for a people that were less than you. God gave a promise to unborn again, unsaved people that they would never be sick if they believed the promise. I hope you're following this. If you do not have Jesus Christ as your Savior in this room today, this promise is for you. Psalms 91 is for you. This is a big deal, beloved. Psalm 91 is for not born-again people. Deuteronomy 7 is for not born-again people. These are promises for people who aren't saved. And you are. So if an unsaved person can read this and have these promises, and they can, then what does God have reserved? For sons. You know that when we do this, when we read these promises, Psalm 91, um, they're just everywhere. All over the Old Testament. When you read those promises, you need to understand that that is level one. You're on level one trillion. That's for people that aren't regenerated in the life of God. You are. Hebrews 8. And since every high priest is required to offer gifts and sacrifices, our high priest must make an offering too. If he were here on earth, he would not even be a priest, since there already are priests who offer gifts required by the law. So there's natural priests that are trying to work on benefit of people to try to bring blessings like Psalms 91 into people's lives. Natural earthly priests that are trying to get Psalms 91. Right now, as we speak, there is a Jewish rabbi somewhere who is interceding to Yahweh, Jehovah, trying to get Psalm 91 to take place in his Jewish congregants. Right now, there's a priest somewhere a rabbi that is trying to make this happen for his people. And he has a promise for it to happen. 
But now, Jesus, verse 6, who's my high priest, yours too, but now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For He is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant. Better covenant than what? Than the Deuteronomy 7 covenant. I just meant you, read to you that the covenant that He promised to give to you was that He'd take all sickness from you. Well, what's better then? He'll take all sickness from you. You never have to get it. Why is the body of Christ believed that when they get sick, they should believe God for healing? Stop it! You're not supposed to get sick and believe God for healing. You are the healed that is supposed to be going into all your world, giving away what you have. That was bigger on the inside of me. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based upon better promises. What's a better promise than I'll take all sickness from you? You never have to get it. Ever. Ever. God word. Ever. God word. Ever. You can say Today, on 3.22, I will never, ever allow a trespasser of sickness, disease, virus, bacteria, oppression, depression. I will never again allow that to come to me because I have a better covenant that's on better promises. And I am seated in health, Jesus Christ, and that is where I'm going to forever Shelter in place. Colossians 3.3 For you are dead. And your life is hid in Christ. In God. You're hidden. Devil's looking all over, like, where's that guy that I really wanted to make sick? Where's that, where's that really weak, whiny girl that has all them problems all the time that she posts all over Facebook? Oh, she died. You, you didn't hear? She went to church on Sunday and died at Beloved Church. She died at Beloved Church, and then God took her and hid her somewhere. Well, I'll find her because I'm the devil. And I can find anybody. I can get them. Well, she's hid in Christ. Well, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Watch this later and you'll get that. If you're in this building and you have not on purpose allowed yourself to be born of God, I would love for you to do that today. So you can be born of the Father that greatly loves you. Not just hear about Him, but be of Him. Not just hear about the promises He has for all mankind, but to actually step into what He has for your life. So if that's you today, 
I would like for you to stand up, and I want to pray for you. And today, on 3-22-2020, you are going to die. And the Father's going to pick you up, and He's going to hide you in Christ. And you're never going to be able to be touched again. And all of you out there in Facebook land, you can stand. If you're out there and you've never made this decision, please, today's your day. This is really, really, really good stuff for you to respond to. This is, we, have a, we have a big, mean, dangerous world out there. They want to get you. I want to hide you. So if you've never made this decision, you don't, you're, not a, you're not born of the Father because your parents are Christians. You don't get born into this out of the womb. You have to make a decision to be born into this on purpose. Today you're going to make a decision to do this on purpose. Everybody's did it. Nearly everybody in this room has done it. So you're going to be great. I mean, you already done broke the law to come here. Why not just go ahead and finish her off? And you might be thinking, well, what am I going to do to you? I'm going to pray for you. That's all I'm going to do. I might hug you later, get some of this all over you. That's all I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to pray for all those folks that are standing on Facebook, that are standing out there in YouTube land, because I know that people are responding to this. They want these great and precious promises to not be something that they can see afar off, but they're things that are real to them. So, Father, I pray for all of these people that have made a decision today, that they are born of you, that they are leading, leaving their birth that came naturally from the womb of their mother, that thrust them into the hands of their father, Satan. And I right now, with these words, agree with my father, and we are snatching them out of the hands of the enemy, and we are borning them from above, in above, to stay above, and they are dying today from an old way of life, an old philosophy, an old belief system. And they are being raised in newness of life. And Father, in your goodness and your love, you are taking them and you are hiding them in Christ. Never to be found by this world ever again. I declare this over them. If you agree out there, say Amen. 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 Now, I know that there are people that are in this building that you probably have some concern. Even after my great, awesome, most amazing sermon you've ever heard, you still might have some concern about the things that are going on. That is totally fine. We have no condemnation for you. There's no guilt. There's no shame. You need to, you need to be honest with where you're at, but then you also need to be willing to grow. If you're a one-year-old, that's fine. That's totally cool. But if five years from now you're a one-year-old, that's an issue. I am not, my job is not to change your diapers for the next ten years. At some point you need to learn to go skid on the potty. Amen? So if that's where you're at, if you have some concern, if you, have some, if you are not at peace about what is going on in this world, if you have fear, 
We're going to help you. That's what we do. I didn't open these doors to try to see how many times they'd swing. Open this door to be a, a specific, purposeful help to people. So I'm going to ask Bob and Dennis to come up. Pastor Bob and Pastor Dennis to come up. They have, they have the rights. They have the... Um, I did not lay hands on them suddenly. They have proven by lives of faith. They have proven by testimony. They have proven by their lifestyle. They have proven by their words that these are men of faith that can believe God with you. The Bible specifically says in James 5 that if any of you are sick, if, believe it or not, it happens. I mean, it shouldn't happen as much as it does, but it might happen that if you're sick, You can call for the elders of the church. And it's not just because they're both way older than me that they're elders. They're elders as it relates to understanding the name, the character, nature, authority, and essence of God. That's what makes them elder. They've been walking this out. They've made a whole ton of mistakes that they can help you not make. Just like me. I've actually made more. I win in all of the different ways that we have competition. So if you're out there and you're fear, you're, you, you have insecurities, you have any kind, that is okay. And be honest. Be transparent. Please let us help you. They will release into you an injection. An injection of faith. An injection of, of grace. An injection of love that will that will come in and surround you and protect you until you grow up into the ability to kick the bully's butt yourself. Amen? All right, so right after I say amen, and, we, and I can pronounce the blessing over you, if you're out there, I want you to come up, and all three of us, Dennis, Bob, and I, are going to pray with you, believe with you, declare with you. We might even rub some oil on you. We might spit on you. Jesus did it. Might stick our fingers in your ears. That's what the Lord did. Not to scare anybody. Well, we might. But maybe we won't. But maybe we won't. All right. If you'd like to be blessed, I want to declare words. I want to declare great and precious promises over you. So please stand. This is the universal sign of I want to hear what my Father has to say. This is an open heart, an open hand. This means that you are ready to receive. Universally, if you walk around and your hands are out, that means you need something. And you need this. You need the blessing of your Father. This blessing of your Father comes from 3 John, verse 2. And it specifically declares that beloved, that's you, the greatly loved people of God. Beloved, the Father desires, and so do I, that you prosper and you experience divine health because you're hid in Christ. And the way this takes place in your life is because you allow your soul to prosper and to grow in these truths. I declare this over you in the name, the nature, character, authority, essence, and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You receive that, close your hands, put it in your heart.